we're basically finishing this off. It's it's yeah. the end. It's the sunset. We can do whatever the fuck we want. We can leave that in. Welcome to Kyle and Dave versus the Machine. My name is Kyle, and I'm uh, I'm Dave. I haven't said that in a long time. And I'm the Machine. This is a podcast where a sentient machine is forcing us each season to watch movies from a specific year in order to prevent it from starting the apocalypse. That year just so happens to be the year 2018. The last good year of humanity. The machine still threatens our <laughs> lives sure if we don't review. I'm pretty sure it's 1999. <laughs> Maybe. The machine still threatens our lives if we don't review the films it asks us to. Although, we do tend to talk about the ideas of the movie rather than the movie itself. And today, we got a double header here for you folks. But first up is Annihilation. No. Start from the beginning. What do you think I do when you're away? You think I'm out in the garden pining, looking up at the sky? <laughs> Why aren't you here? I gotta leave a day early. Your husband's here. extremely ill. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the shimmer. You know, we do have a deep and rich fiction that we provide to you each time we make one of these episodes. And uh, to be perfectly frank, we haven't recorded for like six weeks and I do not remember what uh, so was some happening. Stuff and this thing happened. And the, the machine has her ticking, which is a curious uh, development i'm sure it's nothing but it's like ticking yeah as if it's counting down to something yeah, yeah. to a finality of some kind yeah it's that's a good way to put it uh, almost like someone is making a clicking sound with their mouth that was fucking disgusting by the way we'll talk about that I, oh right, yeah. right, right what was that about yuck anyways uh yeah we're getting close to the end of times not just for this mm -hmm. podcast but apparently for the world are we and into World War Three, feels like it a little bit. It's, I mean, that's that's the hard part is that it feels like it, <laughs> and then I don't know if I'm just like succumbing to fear mongering, no, right? Because no. like for the past fifteen years, people have been claiming it's like, oh, the end of the world and things are going worse and bad, blah blah blah. But it really does feel like we're on the precipice. Yeah, <laughs> I was looking at this, a powder keg just blowing open, and uh, I'm glad I can't be drafted. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm too old, and Emerson's too young. So somehow. Barring actual nuclear holocaust. I'm too blind, so. We're going to be okay, mm -hmm. but. If you just think about the people who were hanging out in 1916, and they're just like, yeah, right. you know, well, uh, those Spanish guys are kind of upset, but it's fine. I guess it's they're fine. upset. Yeah. See, the thing is that the, the fundamental difference between us, I think. You one of the differences okay. between us yep. is that there is this cosmic absurdity that I think I look at a lot of these awful things through, which is to me, there is an element of hilarity to it to be like, yeah, the world's about to end and everything is awful, but I guess I have to pay my heating bill. <laughs> like it just feels so stupid <laughs> to be doing this mundane stuff while everything around me is like swirling out of control. Well, you could have a spiritual ex experience and just tear off all your clothes and walk around uh, with no inhibitions because we're going to die. Wait, wasn't well, there, there is a reason why I'm not allowed downtown anymore, <laughs> but what, what there's a, there's a couple of apocalypse movies, but end of days is one. There was another one where mm -hmm. everybody's just hanging out and the sun is going to explode. Is that a Canadian film? Fuck. You're not, you're not talking about sunshine. Are you? No, that's, <laughs> that's the one where they though. went to the sun and 
found the That is the actually devil. important to bring up. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that. There is actually an important uh, connection between Sunshine and one of the films oh, we're really? going to talk about okay. here today. That was crazy. The way that devolved. Holy shit. Yes. I think it's two thirds of a great film though. <laughs> <laughs> is that the only movie Chris Evans is actually decent acting in? That's a good question. Yeah. No, I like him in the Knives Out movie. Uh, he I think was, he's fine yeah, that's that. fair. Fine. All I need is for Chris Evans to stand there and look pretty. Yeah. So we have two films that we're going to talk about here today. One, which is very much a horror film. Oh, yeah. But Annihilation, I think it's kind of on the sci-fi half and half yeah. a little bit. I yeah. personally would not call it a horror film, no. but some people do. Just gross. Yeah, yeah. There's some grossness. It's more of a sci-fi yeah. trying to be intellectual film sort of thing. Yeah. It's like if someone really liked Predator, but then they were like, you know, what if we made it smart and they failed at both? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, this is the second time I've seen this film, Annihilation. Third time that I've seen Hereditary, so that one I, I know pretty weirdo. well. Yeah. To jump right into it, to me, you keep bringing up like the Predator connection. I believe that's what you even brought up in text. To me, I think this is even more fascinating to look at after we watched um, Stalker earlier oh, yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it owes so much to that movie. It feels like Alex Garland, the writer director of this, thought is like, let me take the 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 structure of Stalker but try to make it somewhat more palatable to a mainstream audience, but still be like really weird with it. Yeah, I wish we had recorded when we watched. There was another movie that it reminded me of, but now I'm like actually looking at images on Google because I do not remember this movie particularly well. It, you know, it has a difficulty. I, you know, I, what did I watch last night? It's just this idea of people are just trying to be too smart for themselves. Right. Well, I, I think it's interesting that we're pairing these two films together because it ties into exactly what you just said here. There has been definitely a movement. I don't know how, like, what the first one to do it would be, but there's definitely been a movement as far as like the horror genre goes to be like, we're the intellectual horror film, <laughs> or what critical sometimes calls like, this is the elevated horror right. film, a term I hate. Elevated, I just want to point elevated. it out there. But it's just like, like our podcast. I want the. I want the <laughs> aesthetics of a horror film, but I never want to actually lean in to what actual horror, but I, I don't want to say what actual horror films do, but like what so many of those uh, entries into that genre do. Because at the end of the day, for both of these films, even though there are gross things that happen, horrific things that happen, it's pretty tame. Like, I can't say that there's anything that's like, oh my gosh, this thing is happening. There's no, there's no scene like from the thing where it's like, this is going crazy pants there's no gore really in either of these films either all of it is left pretty much either off screen or a quick flash and then we're back into, yeah. into drama or like in annihilation the gore is to the cgi animals more than anything right um i mean there's that scene with the intestinal snake and yeah yeah a little uh, snake. some stuff but that's alien right i mean i guess people consider yeah, alien I mean. a horror movie but yeah uh, as you demonstrate to me because of my loud proclamations over generalizations that sci-fi does live in a horror overlap on a venn can. diagram can yeah yeah they can so i would yeah i would definitely put annihilation there i think it's more science fiction than anything but i also think it's so mm -hmm. abstract that by the end i just didn't give a shit about the way it was going and then the very end i hate these epilogues like that epilogue was fucking terrible like that oh she's not really who she says who gives a shit it does work way better though 
than the one that's based on a real life person, which was First Man that we watched <laughs> for this year. Right. Remember that epilogue? And they're like in quarantine and they can't see each yeah. other. Well, um, <laughs> this one, it felt a little bit more earned fine. to be both in the quarantine situation yeah, together. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, you know, Natalie Portman, of course, is great in it. Oh, the thing, the other thing that really took me out of this movie is Oscar Isaac and his fucking Southern accent. Why? Put mm. that into your characterization. I thought it was so distracting for him to be all uh, Bible Belt with his accent. Because Oscar Isaac can do anything. He's a great actor. Just he play is, yeah. straight because Natalie Portman is not going to do an affected accent on this thing. So they should have just been in sync. I thought it was really weird to watch him just be like, y'all, I'm heading down there, y'all. <laughs> you know, it's just, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't vibe with that either. It just kept pulling me away. I'm in this movie for about four fifths of it, oh, I would say. Long, this is why yeah. I give it a pretty high rating. It's like I'm, I'm kind of down to uh, uncover the mystery. Jennifer Jason Leigh's character is oh, interesting. Who's been in before and now coming back in? The discovery that the plants are actually humans is like, oh, that's interesting. A little concept like this time dilation thing. The f I can say the first time I watched it, we get to that point, and spoiler alert, I guess for this movie, but we we get to a point. I don't know. Should we describe what? What's going on? Natalie Portman's husband, who is Oscar Isaac, is missing, comes back, is alive, turns out to be basically an alien, we think. And then she and three other women are tasked to go into this like weird zone that's slowly spreading where weird things are happening and like animals and plants are starting to like transmogrify together. Ooh, Calvin Hobbes. Nice. It's Calvin Hobbes <laughs> reference. And then um, uh, we eventually get to this point where Natalie Portman gets to this lighthouse. And we encounter this weird being. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. First, first like butthole. Basically, yeah. the gimp from Pulp Fiction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like I glass. said that my yeah. my frame of reference is that if anyone out there has played Zelda 2, <laughs> so if you're in your 40s or late 30s, you'll know my reference. If you've played Zelda 2, where you have to do, try and defeat Shadow Link at the very end of it, where it's just you but black <laughs> with no other discernible features. That's what it feels like at the very end. And the first time I watched it, I was like, I have no idea what is happening. Right. I have no idea what's happening. I think on this rewatch, it sort of kind of started to make a little bit of sense. I still cannot explain to you what happens. Well, but it, it there there is this idea of like twins or like your yourself being seen to you, et cetera, et cetera, throughout. This oh, you mean thematically? Thing. Yeah. I don't know. Was there? But I still can tell you this is what is happening in this scene. Yeah, you know what's odd? And I think this is why I didn't like the ending, is that I don't think that that theme is well represented throughout the film. I don't. You know, we have this woman who, I mean, conveniently is a soldier slash doctor. I don't know where that sure. came from. That was weird. So she's like part com secret commando, also super brilliant scientist, also cold hearted. I don't know. That was odd. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't, like, she's struggling with the complexity of her sort of like indiscretions. I mean, we learn about this affair and like, I don't know. It just felt ha not half-baked, but. I'm, I'm more curious. This is based on a book. Oh. Um. And I did a very cursory, like, plot synopsis read-through. Okay. <laughs> just to see. Outside of, like, the basic structure, like, four women go into a weird zone, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of similarities Pretty between original. the book and this movie. Okay. It's written in, like, journal entries, apparently. Like, so someone found this journal that she was keeping. Uh, kind of so, like So, the, so a lot yeah. of the information that we're given at the beginning of the movie doesn't actually get revealed to the reader until like halfway through mm. like her husband coming back that sort of thing like all that stuff is revealed might have been solely more punchy, throughout the book right, sort of thing right. and even the ending is like she meets a being 
but it, it sounds again haven't read the book but just from the plot sometimes it sounds it's very different representation well, regardless of what, I was, what i'm leading up to and saying i think a lot of these themes a lot of these ideas are probably better expressed through writing mm. rather than a visual medium yeah. where it's like the cosmic horror it's it's actually the um hp lovecraft thing if you've ever read any hp lovecraft it's, time machine. it's easier to be like the cosmic horror of this tentacly thing that is like indescribable by man but is terrifying does become more terrifying than when like i guess you have to have a tentacle monster that we have to try and figure out what that looks like when you actually have to physically show it it's like okay i still don't really know what what this is yeah i think i mean the other thing to think about i mean within the context of this is that when she assimilates that's so weird because she's her genetic material is allegedly breaking down at the end and then she has to dance fight uh, mummified version of herself right and then one emerges who then we find out is likely the alien but can survive in the world i don't know it's that's what i mean like it's just super i uh it was too long ago i don't remember i didn't <laughs> like this movie very much no i i think you're there i think that's this is what i mean it's like i i vibe out with most of this movie huh. so it's i'm I like the journey yeah, i yeah. like the actors i like what's going on but that that last 20 ish minutes or like I, I really don't know yeah. i don't know what's happening i'm sure if i read articles about it it would make way more sense sort of thing yeah. but i've now seen it twice and i'm like i still don't really fully understand what's Trying happening too hard. which is d- interesting because like uh, how much do you know about alex garland nothing alex garland has such a weird history in hollywood so he starts off as a novelist his most famous book, at least probably between us, uh, would be The Beach, which eventually oh. gets made into a movie with Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio. Yeah, right, right. Okay. He, he wrote that. He wrote the book, okay. but he did not write the screenplay oh, for it. Okay. But that does get him introduced to Danny Boyle, so he hires Alex Garland to write, wait for it, Sunshine. Ah. So he is the writer of Sunshine. So there. Um, which <laughs> There's a precedent. Him- Yes. So him and Danny Boyle, when they write Sunshine, basically came up with this concept of like, we want to do this like space exploration film, but merge it with Frankenstein. We want this big. So that was always the plan from from the get go. And I know that there is defenders of that movie. It's had a bit of a reclamation in recent years. I still don't like the ending of that movie. I think it's just too bizarre and weird. And I like so much of the setup to that movie. There's like it's so good at the beginning, right? Michelle Yeoh's good, and I I really actually is like having rewatched it fairly recently. It's like they have such a deep cast in this movie. Right before all of them broke, like huge. (laughs) Yeah. I remember watching that, uh, I don't remember if it was a theater or VHS cassette. Yeah, I was, I really liked that. I think I owned it on a DVD for a while, mm-hmm. but I never rewatched it because the ending is so fucking weird. Yeah. Like, you know what's going to happen? You're like, I don't know. Is this what I want to do on a I know. Saturday night? It's disappointing. Night? But yeah, it's interesting because he does not seem to know how to end a film. Except for his directorial debut. Oh, uh, nice. oh He also writes uh, 28 Weeks Later. Or the 20 days later, sorry. Sequel 20 days, or the, the original one? The original one, which I like that. That's it's a good cool movie. Little zombie yeah, film. That's a good uh, movie. Killian Murphy, Murphy's first movie, mm, maybe? Breakout. I can't anyways, remember. Yeah. One of his first. So anyways, he works with Danny Boyle for a while, writes some of his films. Okay. Then, for his directorial debut. Wow. Uh, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> he does Ex Machina, which I oh. think is a brilliant little film. That's a great movie. Uh, and I think it actually does stick the landing. So it, yes. it's not like can't his only other film that he's made was the one he made after this movie Mm. which is called men 
which I actively did not like <laughs> that yeah, movie. It is, it's another small, like, A24 film, but it is, um, well, we'll get this, Dave. What if what? men yes. were bad? <laughs> what, like, can you, can you like, even hold that in your head as a concept? I'm just, uh, like, all men were mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, I don't recommend watching it. I, again, there are some defenders of that movie. I, it's a movie that has a premise and a, and a theme that is like, okay, yeah, I got this in like the first 10 minutes. And okay. then it goes on for another like hour and 50. And it's like, oh, there's just no more to this. Depth. There's okay. some cool things as far as like, there's this um, actor who essentially plays like four or five different roles throughout the movie. Uh, because get this, all of the men he portrays are bad. Oh, so, so men, men are, are bad. What if all men, all men were bad? That sounds awful. Why did you even watch it? Because it? it was, I, I was interested to see what Alex Garland was up to. Okay, so I was like, I'll ah, okay. well, check it out. All right. All right. Um, but do not recommend. I don't recommend that movie. His next one, though, does sound kind of interesting. It is called Civil War, and it's in the near future of the United States. Ah, so, so it's a documentary. She's actually collaborating with Ken Burns. So. <laughs> um. Uh, anyways, this is all to say, I, Alex Garden has this really weird career, I think, as a novelist and as a screenwriter. It has now moved into feature films sort of thing. Although this movie, this is kind of like that interesting thing where men are able to fail and keep getting yeah. jobs in Hollywood somehow. Because this movie doesn't actually make money. Oh, um, like Annihilation. Was, can you guess the budget? Um, what does it know, look like? $30 million. Yeah, you have some big names in there, right? You have oh, uh, yeah. Natalie Portman right. and you have uh, other people that are in there. <laughs> Oscar Isaac doesn't always take a payday. No. Uh, I, I was thinking like Tessa Thompson was probably getting pretty big at that point. She had mm, been some hits. Yeah. But she also does indie flicks. So. Dave, uh, the budget was $55 million for this oh, movie. Oh, <laughs> a bit higher than I thought. Although you have to make the screaming bear. Can I just say though, because I know like Ex Machina was like $10 million. I should look it, it up. It was a really yeah. low budget movie. Yeah. Like it was not very much. I think its special effects are better than the ones in this yeah. one. So. But I guess they used whatever their special effects budget on the... You only need one character, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Because it's just the android. It's not like the environments required a lot it was more just lighting and uh, some some good set design whereas this one they have so many abstract toxic or whatever sorry uh, mutated corpses like every yeah. scene it's got some kind of i liked all that corpse. stuff although this is me now getting into like some nitpick territory for a movie i generally like the size of that croc that we see <laughs> yeah if it takes you under the water you're i'm i'm sorry you're not you're just swimming die. back to the shore after no. that <laughs> no I mean, uh, is the idea that it took her backpack? I think the idea is that it grabs a hold of her backpack, but even still, I'm just like, I don't know, man. Those military backpacks do not come off that easily. Like, it's Mm -hmm. probably taking your arms before it's just snapping any of the seams, but that's okay. They needed Tessa Thompson to turn into a plant, so, uh, (laughs) you know, that was important. I forgot to do our running bit, though. Dave, what is this movie about? (laughs) Right. Shit. We are out of whack. Uh, yeah, how do you describe this? Let's do something different here. What do you think the actual theme of this movie is? What is it trying to... Oh, I have no Or what idea. does it say to you? What did, what did you take from it? A theme of the of the movie? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I, d- I honestly don't know. I, I think that... I, I don't know how to answer. Maybe that's why I don't really like this movie. I don't know that I can extract 
a single theme. We have one plot idea of the Natalie Portman's character, uh, her arc through some grief and some, I guess, existential journey. Although we don't really understand where she's coming from, what she's going to become, especially because she either dies or becomes an alien. It's very awkward. So I think the the whole idea, this is what I took from it, is that she's both. Like we see throughout the entire film, these things joining together, right? It's plant and animal at the same time. Yeah. And I think at the end, we're supposed to understand that like she has gone even above that. Like she's plant, animal and something else all. She's this new being. The failure of the Oscar Isaac prototype is completed in her. Yeah. But wait, at the very end, is Oscar Isaac's cadaver alive? Is she hugging him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does she heal him after meeting him? That I don't know. I think that's left up to maybe. <laughs> Fucking weird. Um, I mean, this is, this is the problem is, that, you know, by the end, I just, you know, I just don't understand what's going on. And the alien is sentient in the sense that it has some genetic purpose. But then once it subsumes its host... Like the part with the screaming bear, it's like half, oh, why is the bear not a plant? Why is it a half tortured human being, half bear? Yeah, I don't know how much they ever get into like how certain things are combined with each other and why some aren't sort of thing. Again, this is the, the thing. I think if you did a deeper reading of this film, like you did a frame by frame analysis, it probably uh-huh. is all explained. I have to, it probably is explained through it. You think so? But Dave and I are both trying to remember a movie from three weeks ago that is wow. <laughs> fading I, 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 a little bit i do remember on this rewatch that there were certain things as like oh they do explain this like there was comments or a piece of dialogue or something shown on screen that did kind of flesh out some of the things i uh was curious about or couldn't remember right. yeah i mean i i definitely won't watch this again but i you know as I was tracking through it, I was getting, yeah, the weird alien host. I mean, it's clear when Oscar Isaac appears that he's not a human being. Much like Stalker, which is a great reference. They've yep. got the wall uh, or the bubble and uh, this uh, alternate universe that exists in there. They do that amnesia bit where they go in. They never follow up on that. That was kind of a weird, right. weird thing to the just time is like really weird and yeah. off-putting. Uh, and then they have all those mutations. Like, you know, the alligator, for example, or crocodile has different teeth but he's not turning into a plant the bear is part screaming human and use mimicry which bears don't do so that was kind of felt to me like a it was forced to just create a horror moment because uh, nobody likes hearing screaming it's fucking disgusting they find the plant people because they are turning into crystallized plant no, plants and tessa thompson accepts her fate as a plant human but right. we don't see her, tra- like she just disappears into a sculpture. And then when they get to the beach, everything's made of glass. Right. And then they get into the lighthouse and there's a butthole where there's like a black, almost, you know, very Ridley Scott-esque or a Geiger-esque mm. basement. Sure. And then what happened to Gen- Jennifer Jason Lee? Did she just implode? I don't remember. She's not the being, or is no. she? No. They, they, isn't there like a orb? Who gives a shit? And then Natalie Portman comes out into the room. She can't get out. And then her, they start miming and doing contemporary dance with this, uh, yeah, mummified, reflective version of mm-hmm. her. I mean, yeah, that, that whole idea of like mirrors and stuff like that is also something that kind of Like, did you find through. that there were sort of reflections everywhere? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, I don't know. I, I, uh, this is how I remember this movie. Just very confused. 
you know, we if we ever do this, we should be watching this movie together because yeah. uh, COVID's over. We're like two cave people now. <laughs> There's no reason why <laughs> right. we aren't screening these, sitting down on a couch and live wow. commenting on this, but I remember nothing, Kyle. You can barely remember what happened an hour ago. Your mind is a goldfish in search of a fishbowl. I think that this is a film that is encouraging you to have a deeper reading. This is a lean forward movie. This is not a movie that wants you to be passively watching no. it or on your phone while watching it because you will start to like miss certain things. Does, it make, does that make it great? I don't know for me if it if it actually does make it great, but I don't hate it. I think that there's enough to it that I, I would probably rewatch this again, but... It's, it's, there's far more films that I have that I'm encouraged to rewatch over and over again. Yeah. Actually, like, as an example, like just to put it in on a, on the same level, I find 2001, even though it gets batshit weird in it's final, like 30, 35 minutes, far more, yeah. I don't know. Intellectually uh, stimulating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. I, I, and that movie's kind of boring and you still think about I, it. You're like, I stopped to think about it. That's the weird that. trick I think of 2001, <laughs> which I only just watched for the first time last year was like. Yeah, it's like conceptually, this is kind of like nothing is happening, but I am riveted to every single yeah. moment. <laughs> there's maybe some music. I don't know. There's something where you're like, they're just standing, but I do mm-hmm. want to see what happens after they're done. I actually compared this. I found the text chain uh, mm-hmm. to the thing, which I think is a fair com- right. uh, comparison as well. And like you're bringing up the thing in terms of gore. The thing had that, not just the gore, but that pacing and that suspense. Whereas this movie mm-hmm. was trying to do more dread, I think. You know, it's yeah. not like there's these moments where like, oh, fuck, what's going to, except the bear. We're like, oh, fuck, what's going to walk in the room? It's more like, oh, I feel so uneasy. And why is everything so weird? But yeah. I, I think, I yeah, they're trying to do two different things. I think John Carpenter did have a pulse, um, often a decade too early, but he yeah. did have his finger on the pulse of like, this is what an audience is going to be really engaged with and is, is going to be carried through the narrative where this one, it kind of goes into a larger criticism I have of a lot of these horror films specifically from a24 and even from like blumhouse like the two smaller studios that are pumping them out is that most everything is like well it's about trauma it's about human (laughs) trauma and the trauma of humanity and the trauma of the family which is like i'm not saying like that's not something to explore explore and to use as a film and that's an interesting jumping off point it does become to me a little boring when every single one of these is about generational trauma at certain points like can we just have like weird things in antarctica that are like going weird and stuff (laughs) like that it's just something a little different yeah yeah also when you have 60 films trying to do the same theme your percentage of hits drops drastically because yeah. really, I mean, you know, you make the Matrix great, and then every movie for the next ten years is trying to make the Matrix, and they all suck. I mean, it's, you need yeah, you need yeah. a lot of things to coalesce because even before that, you had uh, Dark City. There's a couple of movies that tried to do these sort of multi-layer uh, science fiction, and they were like, they're getting there. So this film, yeah, I feel like it misses a lot of its mark. It tries to do too many things. And the fact that we can compare it to at least three major franchises or like major horror films makes it a little bit boring. Uh, If Mm. I had never seen The Thing, if you hadn't introduced that to me, I might have had, or Stalker, you know, if we hadn't watched those two films in the last two years, maybe this would have hit 
a little bit more on that abstract level and be like, oh, there's this weird zone and things are different in there. But we saw it from yeah, a film it, from It's almost because I've seen more stuff right? now that this gets... Um, Feels tired. It lowers itself in my estimation. Yeah. Um, friends of the podcast... Ben and Sarah Rowe have their own podcast called Scream Scene. And they recently reviewed this Italian horror film because they're going through every horror film ever made chronologically. So they're in the 1960s right now. And I thought it was so funny. It was like, the, I didn't end up watching it just because they were like, this this is a skip. Like, no one has to watch this movie. But it's like, this movie would be great for people who have never, ever seen a horror film before. <laughs> because it just basically uses everything from every popular horror movie up until this point and then makes a movie out of it. Mashed it all together. And this movie is a little like that, which is like, I bet this would be way more impactful if, like, if you hadn't seen The Thing and if you hadn't seen Stalker and if you haven't seen this movie and if you haven't seen this Alien, one, then yes, yeah, you're going to yeah. be like, oh my God, this movie is crazy. But if you have seen those other ones, it's like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen better examples of this elsewhere. It's too bad. I think that's what made Ex Machina so good is it was purely intellectual, maybe because they had such a small budget, but that's yeah, like a thinking be. person's be like, you gotta sit there and you question you Oscar Isaac dancing. And so. not speaking weird. Yeah. I do I do have to also say part of my eternal shame is that my tastes generally veer towards the populist films, like more like blockbustery Hollywood films, like I just uh, like that three-act structure and easily digestible stuff for the most well, part. I, well, no, you can make the... I think it's the... I don't think that's you. I think the reason why some films are popular is because they're digestible. We, you sure. know, this idea that we ought not to digest what's digestible is fucking crazy, right? That makes us into... Like, it's probably, again, this is one of those things why I think I have a distaste for critical... Uh, writing a film because we're at a stage now where like you got to poo-poo every fucking thing otherwise you don't stand out in a crowd of poo-pooers but uh you know there's nothing hey, wrong you're with about them. to you're about to poo-poo a film that was highly <laughs> regarded so. there's a, there's nothing wrong with watching like a like a, you know some popcorn flick it's I, just, i'm not even saying that i'm just saying that it's it's we want a, a narrative and a structure i think yeah. i would like this film like three or four times better if the final 20 minutes was just like and I'm going to tie this up in a neat bow. Yeah. <laughs> and explain to you exactly what this this maybe, weird shimmery thing is. Well, that's, you know, maybe that's the key is instead of having her dance and then appear in the clinic and mm -hmm. uh, have her eyes change, maybe she's there with some C4 and she just blows up the fucking lighthouse. And then yeah. that's, you know, you can make your own decision whether that actually affected this weird being or not. I mean, again, to throw this back to the thing again, it's like, I, I love the ending of the thing. People debate still, it's like, which one of them is the thing? And all right. that kind of stuff. It's like, I don't really even care. I just think that's a cool way to end your movie. It's like, they're fucked either way. Like exactly. And that, I think that was the genius of that last moment because you're just sitting there like, A, could he have survived the cold? And B, like, why is this guy still alive? It's great. Mm. And then in this one, it almost, it's weird because it's like, it's an extra scene. It's supposed to be impactful, but it feels like they pulled a punch. And I, right. I don't know. It's, uh, it's disappointing. And to your point about the book, I think that demonstrating a character's struggle with their own identity, if we're going to be uh, read too much into it, by representing it with a CGI version of themselves doing like a mirror dance, it's just never going to work. Unless you're doing a musical. <laughs> mm, and people mm. have been dancing the whole time, right? But right. to just throw that in at the end was a mistake. So, so I guess just to jump into rating this movie, Dave, I'm going to rate it? Five, what are you going to give Annihilation? Uh, I think I'm going to go with a 2.5. Should be higher. Whoa. I did like the Whoa. beginning, but uh, I don't know. I don't remember it that well. 
but uh, I wouldn't watch it again. I would watch it again. Although after this conversation, I think I'm going to drop it ever so slightly because <laughs> I, I think I originally had it as a four, but I'm going to give it a oh, 3.5. Okay. I'm going to say it's a 3.5, which is uh, like I keep saying, four fifths of it are solid. <laughs> and then yeah, the last little bit it doesn't cooks really. pretty well, and everybody's good in that. I, sh- I shouldn't be at a 2.5, but th- we're talking about it. And I'm like, the ending is so fucking dumb. That's what most reviews say about this podcast. That's going to average to a three. Uh, that's going to tie with two films. Dave, do you think this is better or worse than The Incredibles 2? <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> the end of the year is the best because you're just like, oh, fucking hell, how do I answer that question? Yeah, it's uh, a dumb let's question. Put it, let's put it, uh, what was the incredible story about? I think I above, sure. but then the real question, Dave, is that do we put this above or below Crazy Rich Asians? Well, I'm not a huge fan of that movie either. I would rewatch Crazy Rich Asians more probably, to be honest with you. All right. I'll, I'll let you do whatever you want because uh, I don't like either of these films. So, sure. Let's put it underneath. That means then that entering our list at the new number 18 position is Annihilation, right below Crazy Rich Asians, right above The Incredibles 2. But we still have our next film to talk about, which is Hereditary. Come on, Peter. Yes, you're suing. It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. It's Grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? Even when you were a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear I can feel her in the room. Oh my God! What's that? is a movie that <laughs> uh, kind of and, introduced and the world so. to Ari Aster as this. Uh, new director it's his oh, first okay. feature-length film he okay. was known primarily for doing a bunch of these horror shorts that got recognized and then once again a24 approached him as like do you want feature. some money to make a feature-length film okay primarily a24 still even at this time their main way they made money was like we make films for 10 to 15 million dollars full stop and then hopefully we get a return on that nice. and they've been okay. doing very very well so dave hereditary what is Go. this movie about? <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to start with a plot summary. Uh, this is a weird one. I mean, I have to ask you a little bit, but I guess... Yeah. What's the best... Oh, uh, without spoilers. So, uh, after the death of her mother, a woman learns that there's uh, something wrong with her family. I don't know. Uh, I that's mean, way yeah. too vague, it, but... Once, I'm trying not to again, like, get I've, into I've, the actual said plot. That it's a tough the, one. I know I've said that this is the third time I've watched it. Um, I would have had the same struggle after watching it the first time as you did. Every time I've watched this since, it actually becomes so clear what is happening that it's like, oh, why didn't I pick up on this right. in the first? Um, so I guess just to lay it out there, her mother's a witch. She dies. And then her coven comes to try and transfer her essence into the first male child because that's what makes the demon more powerful. 
well, that's they're basically to what this movie is. Yeah, the sixth son of Satan, whatever yeah, the yeah. fuck that demon is. Payment or something, whatever, whatever. I don't remember whatever. what the name yeah. of the demon is. Um, I think one of the cool things it does, though, is like one of her, like she's an artist, so she makes these little dioramas. Yeah, that's a cool but idea. But the filming makes it look like we're filming this inside of a diorama yes. a lot of the times, I mean, which is look, an intentional choice. This movie is built really well. And I think, for example, like it opens with the diorama panning, like zooming yes. into real life. And that theme is, uh, unlike Annihilation, that is ever present throughout the thing, making yeah. you question reality, which is uh, shows a great intellectual intent on the part of uh, Ari Aster, whatever that guy's yeah. name, a person. I don't even know if it's, who knows anymore. Yeah, I mean, here's my, here's my opening premise, Kyle. Uh, why do people make movies like this? What is the Why value? Not? I don't know. I, th- th- I think this is just, this is a stupid question, <laughs> to be perfectly <laughs> frank with you. No, it's a personal I think question. at a certain it's point, you just question. need to read a book or read the Wikipedia article on horror films, and then yeah. you can uh, you can see kind of the evolution of, of the form and why people want to uh, utilize the forms of that genre to explore deeper themes, deeper emotional okay. themes. Well, all right. So what then is the deeper emotional theme that's being explored in this film for well, you this is this this is my set from annihilation this is just once again another movie that's about uh fa- family trauma that's carried through the generations she wasn't okay. good enough for her mother so yeah. she carries a hold of that and she transfers that onto her kids that that's that's what the actual story and then there's also yes this supernatural other story that's going through through it but it's if if she was confident in herself to make that clean break away from her mother and not take all of the hurt and pain that she got and inflict that on her own children like that's what the true horror is is that this is pretty much all avoidable or could have been all avoidable i don't know i i guess maybe this is where i and that's why it's called hereditary is because it's literally that part i get and i get the setup with the secretive grandmother who clearly has some fucking weird shit in her life before we reveal how yeah. weird that shit is. The introduction of the daughter who seems disfigured, I, I thought that was way too on the nose. Like, I, I don't know why well, they chose to build that character that way. I'm, I'm actually glad you brought this up because if there is something, I don't know how I feel about it. That That is what that person looks like. Okay. So let's just put but that I'm just out saying, there. Like, from a from a casting perspective, it's almost like a red herring. Why are we putting it with the well, clicking of the time? Okay, keep, go, go, go. Well, I was going to bring up, I think this is absolutely something that is worthy of criticism. This has definitely been around for a while, but it's actually generating a lot more support nowadays, especially with us knowing more about like autism, but people on the spectrum, you know, that type of thing. But something that has happened gosh, for like a century almost, is this whole idea that people who are disfigured or have some sort of like mental, I was about to say deficiency, that's not what I want to say, mental hardship, uh, Mm. that they are inherently evil or Mm. that they harbor an easier way to be corrupted, that sort of thing. Right. And I think if I was going to give like the charitable reading to this, is that it's what you said. It's a red herring. That isn't actually what's happening. She just happens to be kind of weird. I actually don't have that reading. It. I think it leans a little bit too hard into that idea that people who are different looking or differently abled are easier to corrupt or easier to sway to evil. And I think that is a little gross, to be honest. Yeah, it, was, it was tough. I, I think that part was weird. And I think 
I, you know, I also got this thought, like, did they do that casting and build her in such an eccentric and weird off-putting way so that when she dies, you don't, like, you, you don't leave the theater? I don't, it's just... Yes. So this is the, the, this is the other thing. Maybe Ari Aster, if he was to sit down here with us, would be like, you two idiots. <laughs> but there is this concept. Obviously. Not, Even not, before not, we started just the in, interview, they just... <laughs> She's like, why am I? <laughs> you fucking morons. No. Um, there is this concept. This is not just for horror films, this is for everything, for, for all films. There are certain things that you can have an audience go through if you give them an olive branch or if you're able to like subvert it in some way. Meaning is like people really do not like to see like dogs specifically get murdered or killed in movies. So the only Unless way the you're thing, out of that yeah. is like this person's an evil person and that's why they killed the dog. Right. right. <laughs> like succumbs and then when they finally die at the end, it's like, yeah, cool. He's justified for being killed because you right. killed the dog and whatever, you know, you're giving an out to the audience. For something like this, you it it's hard for an audience to accept a kid to be killed. Yeah. In front of them, unless, you know, they're coming back as a zombie or they're doing something like you're actually bringing them back to life somehow. And this one, I honestly think because uh, they do look a little bit different, it's okay that they're killed because we think that they're evil anyways. Yeah. I think that's honestly what we're playing around with here. Because it didn't come back. I mean, the son has the... There's the beheading thing that goes through. And there's like the trauma of reliving that sound that she makes, but it's just... It's so off-putting. So this is why I was asking, like, why do they make movies like this? It feels like there are beats in this that are obviously designed to make you very uncomfortable, to weird you out, to, to like, uh, stay. Like, it's repetitive. So that, like, I mm-hmm. the other night I was out uh, having to go to the washroom in the middle of the dark, and then I got an image from this film. This is what happens to me when I watch really shitty uh, horror movies. Think someone's like, oh, in the rafters f- about to jump down on yeah, you? Yeah, it's like, that's fucking creepy. Uh, and then I got to think, like, why... Why do I want that in my life? <laughs> well, I mean, this is the thing I keep coming back to that I think you fully reject is I think what I keep, <laughs> what I keep coming back to is that, yes, it's not like I want to be scared 24-7. It's not really an emotion that I love. But at the same time, seeing a film that I know is fake, that I know is essentially we'll call it like a safe space where I can pause or step away or whatever. Even if I'm in a theater, I know that this is fundamentally not real what I am watching. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to be taken through something that's horrible or terrifying or scary in a safe environment. I am not actually going through these things, but I can experience these things from afar and still get a bit, a bit of a thrill. Horror very similar to comedy is all set up on like set up some payoffs. So it's like this is scary, scary, scary. And now we'll, uh, there's a huge thing that happens, and now we can like breathe again because the scary thing has happened, and now we're back to stasis. It's just the inverse of comedy. All right, I'll I'll chew on that. I mean, I I want to suggest that that's voyeuristic. Although all media is, yeah, but all film is. But uh, yeah, I got on this track on YouTube watching. Uh, crowd work comedians where they oh just take yeah front oh row boy. people and just destroy them uh which can be really funny uh and yeah. can go across the line I talent know. for it yeah, yeah you have to be i'm only getting the ones that have hits because when yeah. you fuck that up uh you get beat up yeah i mean that's not any different because uh, it's like fun to laugh at people but i do have to sell like i could i would never sit in the front i would i wouldn't go watch a comedian anyways but i wouldn't sit in the front row for fear that Enough. someone would call me a piece of shit because it's funny right so let me think about that anyways Plus the sad haircut come on <laughs> it looks different every day so you don't even know <laughs> you don't even know what it's gonna look like um, i 
just to bring in some of my things I love about this movie. I love every actor that's cast in this movie, all the main actors. I think Tony Collette, to be brutally honest, was robbed for not getting an Oscar nomination for this role. I think she's that good. She's goodness. Yep. The fact that Tony Collette has only been nominated for The Sixth Sense, I think, is a crime, but that's <laughs> beside the point. I think Keep she's a burn. her. Her line reading, when she stands up to, I think it's Alex Wolf, him and his twin brother, I keep misknowing because they're in a bunch of stuff and they look similar. When she tells him, it's like, I have to look at that fucking face on your face is one of the most, like, it's so awful that she's saying that to her son. And at the same time, that's so fucking funny the way you just phrase that. No, she uh, she's very good in this. And then Gabriel good. Byrne, Gabriel I think, Byrne. is so subtly good as like the like the like supportive Straight father yeah. type of thing, and gets burned up for his troubles, but still <laughs> immolated. Imagine. Immolated, yeah. I also think I want to throw out too that Anne Dowd, who plays the person who's at her like grief anonymous oh, class thing, the and then other witch, yeah, yeah, finds out that she's the other witch. I love Anne Dowd. I think she's such a great like character actress. And this is when I get to, uh, you should never watch this movie, Dave, but I will pitch the movie Mass, which is not a horror film. It feels like it should be a play, but it was not based on a play. It was an original film. And it's just her and her. And I think it's Reed Burney across from uh, Jason Isaac and the girl from the Goonies. God damn. What's her name? Elizabeth Shue? Nope. Goonies. The other younger one. Anyways, they're all adults now. This is only made a couple years ago, but it's just two two couples. Two couples who sit down across from each other and hash something out. I don't even want to say what it is because it's actually not revealed until like halfway through the movie what it is they're actually talking about. It is one of the most harrowing films I've ever watched that is just two couples talking. Anyways, Mass, it's good, but I can never recommend it to anyone because it's like, do you want to be emotionally devastated after... (laughs) 100 minutes? Go and watch Mass. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, Anne Dowd's in that movie and she's great. Okay. Didn't realize this was turning into an Anne Dowd fan cast. There's some parts of this that are good. It's genuinely fucking terrifying. It's, it's pretty gross. I just, I don't know, Kyle. Like, by the end, as it devolves into not just witch, but like summoning demon fucking yep. whatever coven shit. It's very beheadings, occult. Occult. And that boy becomes... What? Uh, whatever. Zoroaster, where the fuck his name is? The the last. Payment, I think. <laughs> and then it's over, and you're like, I don't know why I watched this. So <laughs> they successfully murdered a bunch of people, summoned yep. the, whatever, sixth king of hell, or whatever they called yeah. him. All the hell the gets end. to reign on Earth, Dave. <laughs> Good for him. I mean, that's <laughs> the, he is showing initiative, uh, stick-to-tiveness. <laughs> like, Ugh. this is what we want in our nah. culture. Ugh. That's me. Uh, from a technical perspective, right? If I just want to veer away mm. from my biased opinion, this thing's put together really well. And I don't know what the budget is, but it's built. Uh, it, it was $10 million. This was actually a pretty big hit for A24 and for Ari Aster. Which Wait, sorry, is why, what was the budget? My Zoom cut out. Its budget is $10 million. It was oh, made for wow. $10 million bucks. Wow. But it made 82 at the box office. Great. Um, Oh, I don't think I said uh, Annihilation's budget was like $50 million, but it only made 42. Like it made no money. But this one was good. This is why Ari Aster gets to make his next feature, uh, which is Midsummer, And uh, that was also a hit. Very good. But I don't think I would like that, eh? I I personally really like Midsummer. Ah. I'd probably like it more than this. Hmm. Slightly more than this. 
That's all. That's a cult, right? Midsummer. Yeah. Yeah. It's sucked into a cult. It depends on whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> well, apparently the Moonies are the people that shot Shinzo Abe, and they're finally getting kicked out of Japan. So there we it's go. a weird cult. I will weird say, cult. so three films that Ari Aster has made. Um, I loved two of them, which is this and Midsummer. The third one, which came out earlier this year, is called Bo is Afraid and stars Joaquin Phoenix. So the one where he's like five ages of Joaquin yes. Phoenix? Okay. Yep. Although, I did not know this until after the movie, his younger version is an actual actor. I honestly thought that was Joaquin Phoenix, like, CGI to be a younger person. Prosthetics? No. No. That is literally what that kid looks like. I'm like, that is bonkers (laughs) that you found someone that looks almost close, like, very close to what Joaquin Phoenix (laughs) looked like as a younger person. That movie was not very good. Doesn't look good. Um, Well, this is maybe my... Count or hot take. Hot it was not take. well reviewed. I so I'm kind of in the majority there. It's three hours long. Holy fuck! The, the first hour I think is a masterpiece. Whereas no. like if it was that, I would be like, oh my gosh, this guy knocked it out of the park. My favorite thing he's ever done. Then the next two hours happen that I actively hated. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I really disliked how it wow. how it was put together. Two thirds bad. Fascinating. It was yeah oh. yeah. I mean, some people call this movie pretentious. Like, then you need to go and see Bo is Afraid if you want to see pretentiousness. Like, <laughs> Dave, oh, partway through that movie, it just turns into a stage play for 35 minutes. <laughs> Why just, not? We're just watching a stage play Why not? for 35 minutes. 35 that retells minutes. you everything that has happened up to that point in the movie. And it's like, yep, I get it. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Three hours, you said? Okay. Well, I guess that's What else did I have to do? Yeah. This, uh, you know, uh, unlike Annihilation, there's not a movie that mirrors things. I mean, it obviously takes pieces of inspiration. I don't know. Yeah, you could call out other horror movies, but it feels oh, sure. very individual. I think this was really the signal of this new trend that had been kind of bubbling around the horror genre for a while. But like, it's like this and The Witch and I'm trying to think of another one. Those two definitely where it's like. Oh, like I actually like horror movies, but I only like the elevated horror right, movies. Right, I'm right. like, fuck you. <laughs> like, just to say you like horror movies, it's fine. Like, shut up. Um, uh, just so uh, dark. They are, I guess. But I think what this tricks people, a certain segment of people, is like, this feels more highbrow than whatever freddy versus jason right, or something right. like that you know what i mean like this is not like a, a gore fest where every woman is showing her boobs and blood is dribbling down and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff it's like no this is the you have to be smart to like this movie like that's basically i think why some you people don't like know this. who damon is yeah that is the thing that i like about the two ariaster movies that i enjoy he's not afraid to um he does give you everything that you need to understand i think about the backstory here he gives you in pieces throughout the entire movie but he also really loves to put things in like newspaper articles and notes mm. and like inscriptions and stuff that it's easy to miss on first yeah. view like oh no it's it's right there like everything Usual that they're suspect <laughs> talking or, about uh, is like David it's literally it. yeah 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 but the one thing i noticed this time whether it was intentional or not but that weird symbol that the grandmother is wearing as a necklace yeah is the exact same as the girl's bed <laughs> The bed is the, shaped in the exact same uh, way. Like her headboard is the exact yeah, same yeah, symbol. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's these little things that kind of go throughout the entire movie that uh, yeah. are easy to forget about. So like, do you think this idea of the sleepwalking... So like, is Tony Collette someone who couldn't be a witch? Yes. 
And so the mom thinks she's a loser. But yes. then what is the point of the sleepwalking bit? That's when she breaks out of some kind of enchantment and she actually sees it yeah. for what it is and she wants to kill yeah. everybody. Is Correct. that the idea? Okay. Yes. Uh, at least that's how I've always kind well, of interpreted it. That's how it's coming there's, through to me. But. There's, there's room for, I guess, other interpretations, but that's what it seems like. She disappointed her mother because she could not fulfill that. Prophecy a, or whatever, because yeah. she was a woman, Dave, because uh, they seek the male. <laughs> but... <laughs> The yeah. other thing that is, I, I just have to cop to this. This is so hilariously wrong. But when they go to the party, when he takes yeah. his young sister to go to that party, I did not understand that it was nuts that they were chopping up to put into this chocolate cake. Oh, it's like pecans or something. Yeah. I know. For some reason, again, this is so dumb. It's so obviously not this. But somehow on my first viewing, this is what I interpreted that to mean. Because she mentioned something about like, you mentioned weed when they first get to the party. So that's what I thought they were chopping up and putting into this cake. I'm like, this is so weird. Why would you give this to a kid? You don't this smoke seems a lot so of pot, do you? No. Anyways, on the second and now the third time, like, those are so obviously like, yeah, nuts that they're chopping up. I don't know why I thought the other why thing. Why would you use a knife to chop up pot for pot price? I know. None of it made sense. Uh, yeah. Stupid I don't know. kids. They don't even know how to smoke, right? But- <laughs> I like, I, yeah, I like, I like the, I like the aesthetic to this. I like the, the tone of this. I love the performances in this. I, I think why I find this so rewatchable is like ninety percent Tony Collette. To be perfectly honest, I sure. think she's able to like portray like grief and sadness and fear and vindictiveness. Um, and I think she's such a compelling character because I simultaneously am empathetic towards her. And, and antagonistic her. towards her because it's like mm-hmm. you are treating your kids pretty awfully. Like you are very much like insular and like um narcissistic so much and it's like i still don't want you to be like terrorized by this ancient curse and stuff like that but like uh i don't know it's a very great character and i think that that's often makes compelling compelling fiction for me uh you know i was just gonna say unlike annihilation although i did watch this after uh i remember pretty much everything in this film mm-hmm. uh it is quite imprinting so that's how you know it's made well. I will say the the dinner scene where she says that she has to look at his fucking face on his face. Um, that has been memed all over the place. I see it all the time. <laughs> like the segments of like that. Because it's, it's so uncomfortable. That whole scene Ugh. is so uncomfortable to sit through. And the way they play the kid, you know, yeah. just desperate for some validation. Validation, right? I know. Which again, why I love, why I love Gabriel Bird in that scene because she like storms away and he does this like little like hand squeeze to his son but doesn't say anything yeah. i don't know it's such a it's such a particular type of character where it's like you know he cares but he has no words to be able to say to his son <laughs> to make him feel better well i think at that point of the film i thought we were going in a direction where all of it's in her head and she had oh, actually sure. been you know schizophrenic or something and even the daughter all of it was made up and they're living in real reality and she's just like fucking in her own illusion mm-hmm. until she performs the seance in their in their house and you're just like all right this thing is getting you know it's, it's gone into mm-hmm. the total supernatural uh, and that's actually the point where things actually get weird it's not the beheading or the fucking other stuff yeah. i mean it's just gross and there and the tongue clicking thing have you ever done seance ouija board stuff no. Uh, well, like kids had them when we were in elementary school, so we played with it, but obviously it's fake. And then, uh, 
Well, I, oh, I, I had I was I have a good story about this. I was out with a friend in Toronto, and we there was a palm reader on Young Street, like a street oh, palm sure. reader. So my friend, she goes up and she gets her palm read, and the woman's like, "Oh, you're gonna do this, and you sew this, blah, blah blah." And then my friend's like, "Oh, you should do it too." And I gave her the money, and the woman just like looked at my hand, and she's just quiet. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh Did my god, I'm gonna back? die!" Yeah, so. So that's my experience with fortune telling. <laughs> it's so funny because I don't fundamentally believe in any of it, no. but I love the ritual of it. Oh, I, yeah. I've gone to a psychic once. Ooh. It was a fun little experience. How'd that go? But it was good. I mean, but they do the whole thing. It's like when we were born and blah, blah, blah. It's like you're this rising house of bullshit, whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember all that kind of stuff. But they do, when you, when you think back on it, it's all like such a surface level things oh, yeah. it's like it's like uh, you're gonna be a nice person <laughs> well no it's not even yeah well yeah i mean but it's more like you have a decision that's coming up <laughs> like well everyone has a decision that's coming up okay well then you have to you have to make sure that you pick uh, the right path and the right path will reveal itself when um when you see a, a color that you enjoy i'm like oh okay you're not saying anything specific but it's so general enough that it's like but I did look at the color green and then I made that choice. So it was the right choice because it was the decision that it's came real. up. And it's like, it's all you can real. backfill all this meaning into it that wasn't actually there in the first place. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, I was just, what was I just watching? I also just watched the movie where the Ouija board is first shown. Oh, which from 1960, there's another shout out to scream scene, but the original, um, 13 ghosts which was remade in the early 2000s but the original 13 That's ghosts weird. is the first movie that shows a ouija board that was people are using invented yeah. for that film or is this no it, it had been around it? for a while okay, but okay. it's the first movie that used it as like a, a plot device i mean, just learning that the bucket list wasn't a real thing until uh, jack nicholson morgan freeman put i told it on. you this yeah no, this no, no i'm just saying like <laughs> learning that is so weird because it yeah, immediately became part of the zeitgeist there's like that film came out and then mm -hmm. everybody had a bucket list. That it's film so came weird. out and everyone forgot the movie. And now everyone uses the term bucket list. <laughs> That's what's what wild about it. I was old guys go skydiving or something. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. One of them dies first. Um, it's not good, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, oh, fuck. I was just watching something too. Uh, I was watching something where they had a, a fortune teller in it. But since I can't remember, there's no point. Total, totally drawing a All blank. Right. Who cares? Um, getting into ratings here, then. well, I, I guess for a last question, like, uh, any themes you took from it? What, uh, what did you take from it? Well, Anything? Uh, yeah, this one for sure. Intergenerational trauma, hundred percent. I just, I don't know. I think make that, sure that you don't imprint a witch's curse onto your son. That's easy. <laughs> well, that's yeah. So if we want to go down that track and there's lots of dramas, even comedies that deal with every, every writer, I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. I, I'm getting to this point where I'm be, I believe that every writer only writes because they're upset about something, right? I mean, <laughs> if you have a happy life, why the fuck would you do anything? What are you going to write about? So that's there. I think what sours me is uh, it's cruel, gory, and cynical. Also, uh, occult. So by the end, as it, I'll use the word devolve, but I think you would say evolve. But as it kind of like uh, coalesces or whatever at the end... I'm very put off because I'm like, A, it's gross. B, so it's, it's like, like hard to watch. And C, like, here, what though. is the point? Like this boy. I, ha I have to ask the question then. Yeah. Because yeah. we watched the movie Demons, that Japanese film, black and white. Yeah. Yeah. About like yeah. an ancient curse. 
which you loved. I think you gave it five stars, in fact. And there, a character literally kills their own baby. So yeah. what is it about that that is so different well, than this? What happened in that? <laughs> there was a guy. The guy takes money. Oh, yeah, yeah, Steals yeah, some yeah, money yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. And then, but then I think there is demons. I think there's ghosts or something that haunt him because he takes the money and blah, Yeah, because that one wasn't injured. That was more uh, personal ethics, right? Like the descent into hell from your yeah. uh, selfishness or whatever it is, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Something. I don't know. I, I think it's the ending because that one, that guy fucking suffers. And in oh, this yeah. one, in this one, this boy becomes the king of hell. Right. And I, I think that's where at the end I was like, okay, I fought through all this stuff that's scaring the shit out of me. Super gross, super weird. I've seen some kind of things fall away, but that's fine. Like the, the daughter. And now in this moment of climax, as this boy is like really struggling between giving himself over, even though he has no power in that, uh, conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, from a popcorn flick, Hollywood, whatever, a softy perspective, I thought it would be better if it failed. <laughs> I mean, and that is for, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then for it to succeed and having everybody, you know, even the beheaded corpses bowing to him and all this shit. And I was just like, fuck, I turned off my iPad, which I watched it on by myself in my room. And I was like, I don't understand what just happened. Like, I just watched everyone just get run over literally by some fucking grater everyone's dead mm-hmm. uh and the bad guy won why why would i enjoy that that's, as uh, much that's that's horror for you <laughs> the bad guy often wins uh, uh, isn't that what reality is like though dave no, isn't that what reality is like <laughs> i think that's why like i don't remember how the devil ends whatever that movie is but i'm pretty sure the bad guy doesn't win I'm pretty sure he Are suffers you demons a great deal. or the devils because they're two uh, very demons, different movies. Demons, yeah, whatever okay. the Japanese one. I'm pretty yeah, yeah. sure that uh, he does not win. Even the devils, no. like, uh, <laughs> dude, if you get if you're getting wood fucking stakes driven through your legs, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, it's disgusting. I mean, I'm getting chills again. Just I don't know why I suddenly remember that because that movie also imprints you. Yeah, but nobody wins in that film, and this one, the bad guy wins. So I just I don't like it what a baby well then dave out of five what are you going to give hereditary i don't know i don't know cal i'm torn i've always been torn i did not like this movie i would never watch this movie but it is really well made (laughs) so pisses me off (laughs) well that's sometimes the the trick right you have to be like this is a movie not made for me yeah but it is still a movie that is well made (laughs) well that's the problem right so then what does my score reflect and we've always had this problem with uh you know that's why we can't compare actually you know, what a five-star film is. I Yeah. But how does this compare to Incredibles 2? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Let me put it a different way then. You brought up uh, demons or whatever. Of yeah. all the horror films, what is the spectrum? Like, what have we watched that stand out to you? Thing would, is better Thing, than this, but yeah. like, but that's the big one that we've uh, seen. Uh, I guess I think we've watched any other like major like... I mean, Blair Witch, have. that was three years ago. Like what are yeah? What are the big cultural ones? Like we do have the Sixth Sense, which is is that a horror uh, movie? Mm, I maybe of that era. Fine. Yeah, I mean, technically, I would say technically it's not, but some people would put it into the horror genre. Yeah, I guess I would not show my son that movie right now. Sleepy Hollow. The Blair Witch Project was the big one from 1999. Yeah, from 82. Yeah, we talked about the thing. I watched a bunch of slasher flicks. Halloween three poltergeist just, just, that's the big one that we talked about in 1982 
And then 71, we talked about Demons, which is our second favorite movie from uh, 1971. Uh, Wake and Fright, that was the um, Australian one where we kill a lot of... Kangaroos? Um, kangaroos. Well, we have Omega Man. Is that a horror movie? The Godzilla film. Willard, which was terrifying oh, for yeah. me. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. Uh, Anyways, that's all to say is like I think that's... Uh, okay, okay. I, I would not put this above the thing or demons probably but uh, no i mean it's it's fine i i know your scores gonna be really high so i'll i'll go th- i don't know let's say three and a half I'll, i should oh. be a three because i hated it but it is so well made and everybody's right. good in it and that's fine i just don't like i don't like it pal yeah, well you're <laughs> i just don't want to see um okay <laughs> i'm giving it a 4.5 because i think it's very strong um oh, so that is going to tie while well, they're going through do you think this is better or worse than black panther we watched black panther this year jesus mm-hmm. christ the original black panther too I, I gotta not mix it up with that shitty one that came after i don't know I, it's a tough one for me I, it's well it's it's better crafted as a film how about mission impossible fallout I like Mission Impossible. I yeah. The only other one I'll bring up then, because is eighth grade. I I would actually put this below eighth grade personally, sure. but yeah, eighth grade was better than I thought it was going to be. So mm. yeah. Well, I guess, so I guess that's the question then. So if it's going to be below eighth grade, then do we put it above or below Mission Impossible? I would put it below Mission Impossible, but okay. I think you would put it above. So you tell me. I think that's the mark. No, that's fine. Okay. Let's just put it there. I mean, time of rewatchability, I probably would rewatch the Mission Impossible oh, yeah. <laughs> before this one. But I'm waiting for the new one to rent since Tom Cruise made no money on well, it. Thanks half a lot. a movie, Dave, unfortunately. But... Well, so is Fast X, and I refuse to watch that, so... Okay, so entering our list at the new number 10 position is Hereditary. That's right below Mission Impossible Fallout, right above Black Panther. Dave, we are going to see what we're watching here next week. We are doing... Next week? Oh, next next month. Next month. Yeah, yeah, next month. Technically, we're watching three. However, one of those is basically just a TV episode. Oh, okay. So we are going to be focusing next month on Netflix original films content. content 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 i think this was like the the high point of netflix like really trying to diversify their their stuff oh okay so yeah, gonna, yeah yeah because we already Portfolio. talked about roma which was yeah. a netflix production they really wanted that oscar but next time we're gonna be talking about black mirror bandersnatch I've which is a choose your own adventure Oh, thing. So oh, you have, have to watch tap it on, on your iPad about what you want to do next. Okay, so I can't watch it on my TV. I can't watch it on the Apple no, TV. No, but this is the one okay. I'll come over for so that I've seen it before. I've done it a couple times. Okay. Just to, technically, I forget what it is. There's like a dozen or so different okay. <laughs> things you can see Paths, going through it. Yeah. We're going to see Bird Box, mm, which was like, for like two weeks, the biggest thing on the internet oh. from my recollection. Is she blind or something? I've memes. never watched that. Yeah. I haven't either. Oh, okay. And the other one I have not watched is The Other Side of the Wind. It's like a farting movie? No, The Other Side <laughs> of the Wind. Let me uh, let me just check my notes here, Dave. Yes, this is directed by um, Orson Welles. What? So this is a movie that this is, it was very, uh, a regular thing for Orson Welles in his like final 25 years is to fault. make him film 50 to 75% of the way and then either abandon it or get tied up in financing so this is a movie that was made back in the 70s yeah <laughs> maybe late 60s that we had been trying to get released for many many years Did and netflix finally stepped in it's like here's your extra 20 million you need finish it and then they released it on their platform who made so this it? is the final orson wells film 
Oh, oh that's on Netflix? It's on Netflix. And is um, this... I've not seen it. Okay. I'm very excited to actually finally jump into this. So. Okay. So basically you're saying you're going to come over and have a slumber party. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just going to do the Bandersnatch thing with you. We're going to watch all three of these in a row. No. And... Uh... <laughs> No, we we will bander each other's snatches, and then I will and then bird inside box a bird myself box. Yeah. on the other side of the wind. <laughs> Yikes! Anyways, I should be arrested. Um, all right, so that's everything for me, Dave. Any last words from you? No, I hate horror movies, and um, <laughs> yeah, I and uh, I will recognize that some of them are made really well, right, Ari Aster. Yeah. But uh, fuck you for letting the devil win. It's disgusting. Just rewatched Psycho, actually. Still holds <laughs> up. Still great. Yeah. I just watched uh, Barb and Star go to Oh, Fist so Elmer. fucking funny. That movie's, I love that movie. I did not think it was going to go, whatever, Austin Powers, Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, they did such a good job of the trail. Although, you know, ironically, it's probably why nobody wanted to watch the movie. Because no, it just I know. looks like it's two like, people hanging out. That was in my top 10 of the year that that came out. I thought it was so good. It is good. Helen's like not feeling well. And she's like, oh, I don't know if we should watch it. I'm like, Kyle says it's funny. So we're going to press play because it's on mm-hmm. Crave. And both of us couldn't look away because it's so dumb. And uh, <laughs> you need that. We don't have dumb fun stuff anymore that's what i'm hoping for next the next movement is like elevated comedy i only watch <laughs> elevated comedy we have it. it's called dramedy and it's fucking horrible man <laughs> i only laugh when someone is miserable yeah. the entire time <laughs> if he doesn't have cancer where's the comedy F- the fucking bullshit all right, all right. good job <laughs> You can barely remember what happened an hour ago. Your mind is a goldfish in search of a fishbowl.